Hi all, dear listeners. Welcome to this new episode of my podcast, A Digital Tomorrow. Today I am joined by Verlan Ivanovice from the um, National Bank of Georgia. Uh, Verlan is currently working as head of fintech and subtech development uh, at the Innovation Office of the National Bank of Georgia. And well, aside from that, he's a very important uh, person in the fintech world. He's also co-founder of uh, Risk Tech for Fintech. He's also engaged in the Global Impact uh, Fintech Forum gift, same as myself. So he's wearing, he's like um, uh, wearing many hats in the fintech industry uh, now, but I would say those are like the most perhaps important roles that he's uh, playing uh, right now. And I would like uh, to welcome you, Bartlam, and, and thank you for accepting my invitation. Thank you, Oriol, for inviting me to this podcast. Uh, it's my pleasure to share my thoughts regarding uh, fintech development strategy in Georgia, how we think about uh, fintech, how we strategize, uh, uh, what are our um, contextual issues of being small market and having uh, ambitious plans in fintech development. Uh, and uh, thank you for inviting and for your time. No, the pleasure is absolutely mine. And I think it's going to be interesting to, to discuss these topics that you mentioned, uh, fintech development in Georgia, the National Bank of Georgia's approach yes. towards fintech, uh, etc. Because uh, albeit uh, the fact that, as you said, Georgia is a small market, it's very advanced uh, fintech-wise, nonetheless. So I think that's going to make this, uh, this episode much more uh, interesting and relevant. I think it's going to give interesting tips to other uh, to the countries as well about how to, to, to see you know, what Georgia is doing. So I leave the floor open to you because I know that you want to present some slides, I think. Uh, yes, I can present some slides about our strategy. Uh, are you able to see my screen? Yes, perfect. Uh, it's in a full mode, I hope. Uh, it's not full yet. Not yet. Is it okay now? No, it's not full mode. I mean, I, I can see it well, but not in full mode. But uh, but still, I think it's going to be fine if you want to. Oh, it's going to be fine. Okay. Thank you. So let me start uh, with um, uh, just listing uh, uh, key milestones in our uh, fintech development journey. We at National Bank of Georgia have established the fintech and subtech development department in 2019. In 2020, MBG has joined Global Financial Innovation Network called GFIN. Uh, financial Innovation Office was established in 2020. Uh, we have regulation laboratory uh, launched since 2020. Uh, in 2020, we have introduced the open banking framework uh, and now uh, we have it in operational mode, having all basic APIs. Uh, on it, uh, as well as uh, joined by non-bank institutions um, and uh, uh, fintechs. 
digital banking licensing principles published in 2020 and we have uh, one month ago uh, granted uh, one digital bank license and uh, I'll talk in details about this process uh, on the next slides and uh, we are at the brink of uh, moving from research and development phase to pilot phase uh, of our CBDC project, which is digital gel. Uh -huh. And uh, in a short uh, year of 2022, uh, especially second half of the year, when I actually joined uh, the National Bank of Georgia, in a nutshell can be characterized that uh, developing kind of countrywide fintech and open finance strategy and uh, also uh, it's important that we started stakeholder engagement in this strategy and communication uh, these strategies uh, uh, to different key stakeholders uh, both private and uh, uh, public sector because uh, for execution, uh, it is uh, equally important to have established kind of efficient multidisciplinary formats for communication, these countrywide strategies, because sometimes it goes beyond the mandate of the central banks. Uh, I'm not sure it is uh, well visible, but uh, we call it uh, no, one pager. Actually, yeah. the, the only slide I'm, I'm still seeing is the first one, the, the one with the title. Okay. Do, do you see next slide now? Yes, yes, now I see the third one, yes. Okay, third one. Uh, it's a small font uh, and um, uh, not everything will be visible, but uh, anyways, this is our approach to uh, developing uh, kind of proactive uh, uh, strategies. Uh, in a one-pager format. And uh, uh, in the beginning of the flowchart, we started it with asking a big question, which is uh, what are the Georgia's unique resources and capabilities for fintech development? And uh, the answer to, question, to this question uh, uh, yeah, it was quite obvious that uh, we don't have uh, uh, market uh, forces to really own. Uh, what I mean by market forces is uh, we don't have big demographic power, a small country, 3.5 million people, and uh, also Georgian uh, fintech market and banking sector in general is quite competitive already. And uh, it is, uh, I think, uh, you know, within the region, uh, one of the most uh, uh, technologically developed uh, banking sector because uh, uh, Georgian banking sector uh, as Georgia is 30 years old uh, after gaining the independence from Soviet Union and uh, uh, we uh, our uh, banks don't have legacy issues and our biggest banks are acting like uh, uh, big fintechs they absorbing innovation uh, it's uh, it, uh, uh, rocket speed sometimes uh, yeah, yeah, they are more agile than uh, fintechs uh, but anyways uh, we thought that uh, still in this kind of competitive market we can do as a regulator uh, something to further develop uh, and remove barriers uh, for new entrants. 
and we see our function as an enabler for the uh, basic banking infrastructure for newcomers, new players. And this is what you see in gray boxes. Uh -huh. So with this, we are following uh, overall trend of removing uh, infrastructure barriers within the fintech, which was started by Amazon Web Services uh, 10 years ago. And uh, now you, if you are entering into a financial industry, you don't need to start with the building on uh, renting uh, the building or construction business uh, to enter to financial business. You just rent space on Amazon Web Service or any other uh, cloud and uh, uh, start uh, uh, your journey into financial services. But there are still other barriers. And uh, next big barrier uh, is a uh, data barrier. So we uh, look at open banking and then open finance uh, as an uh, instrument to give uh, uh, to new entrants uh, same condition, uh, same starting positions. So we translating our mandate of uh, being open uh, uh, fintech friendly approach with giving some real stuff instruments in, to new players like open banking, uh, open APIs, uh, CBDC infrastructure. Mm -hmm. We also see it as an enabler for the ecosystem in mid and long term and also EKYC portal uh, in general, both for retail as well as SMEs. Uh, uh, as a basic enabler uh, for uh, fintechs and newcomers. Uh, this is uh, our strategic choice in a nutshell. I'm not uh, uh, going to go all the details uh, of uh, this uh, uh, one pager now, but uh, uh, these are the main choices and uh, uh, how we see ourselves uh, uh, as a regulator to support uh, fintech development within the country. And uh, next, uh, I hope you can see yes. our next slide. Yes, yes, next uh, one pager uh, is dedicated to our open uh, banking uh, via open finance to open data uh, vision, uh, which is a journey from open banking to open finance as a final or data economy as a final destination. Uh, so uh, our choice here is that uh, we are not uh, sticking ourselves to any open banking, any particular open banking framework. So we developed open banking based on Berlin Group standards, and uh, uh, we have already uh, key APIs opened by banks for sharing like data aggregation and payment initiation. We do experimentize with the QR code payments, for, uh, for example, or uh, we uh, are uh, supporting embedded finance trend as well. So our final objective is uh, to have uh, uh, kind of added value services for the end user and for uh, a new uh, commerce to this uh, open finance world and uh, whether we achieve this uh, with the uh, Berlin Group standards or uh, open uh, uh, or uh, or uh, embedded finance approach uh, 
it uh, is secondary. Uh, we are uh, thinking in terms of uh, uh, value-driven use cases. And mm -hmm. this is exactly what you have seen here on uh, value care cons uh, consumer uh, value care framework, uh, which shows how much uh, those uh, use cases are uh, valued by consumer. Uh, we have here the use cases like comparison tools to provide a switching, online brokerage that provide financial products with the best value, or number six, digital tools to assess the ESG profile of the consumer or uh, uh, banking as a platform services. Uh, we have identified those use cases because we have so-called bottom-to-up approach. What I mean by that is that uh, uh, we uh, looked uh, into uh, the most contextual uh, uh, problems of our consumers mm -hmm. and uh, uh, identified them uh, uh, based on those needs use cases. In general, uh, we are uh, uh, very uh, cautious in the beginning of uh, any innovation to balance between being problem obsessed uh, and uh, solutions obsessed. Uh, because uh, nowadays regulators are in the shoes of startups, in the shoes of uh, innovators, I guess, uh, uh, first time in the history because uh, uh, open banking and PSD2 was the uh, kind of first big example of uh, regulation driven innovation. And we encounter here uh, as innovators, same dilemma as uh, every startup encounters in the beginning of the journey. You can come up with the best uh, APIs with best uh, blockchain uh, technology uh, features, but uh, uh, eventually nobody uh, will use it on the market. Mm -hmm. So that's why uh, we thought uh, that better to identify those problems at, at, the, at the bottom of the pyramid, because every uh, innovation, uh, every innovation uh, will be uh, will be disruptive uh, if uh, only it tackles. Uh, bottom line of the pyramid, as uh, Clayton Christiansen uh, says, it's, uh, uh, in, uh, it's uh, a theory. So this was our approach of uh, strategizing on uh, value-added use cases uh, uh, regarding the open banking, and then uh, uh, moving from open banking to open finance, because uh, you can see here use cases uh, uh, regarding QR code payments, uh, or use cases which interact between retail, SME, or agri agriculture. This is all contextual use cases uh, for the Georgia. Uh, one of the strategic choices uh, I would like to mention, and it's also reflected here with number 10 QR code payments, is that uh, since we are a small country, uh, we want more integrations uh, of our uh, FinTech uh, with uh, our uh, neighbors. 
and mm -hmm. beyond even beyond the region uh, and that's why we are proactively approaching uh, some of our neighbors and uh, uh, already in good technical talks about integrations of our QR code payment standards with theirs uh, to make interoperability so in uh, our strategy uh, it is uh, uh, fintech enabled regional cooperation has uh, as an uh, important place. Uh, also, uh, we uh, want to have uh, as much interoperability as possible when it comes to our open banking standards with other countries. And the, that's uh, why we have initiated uh, uh, a couple of months ago project of inventory of uh, all standards worldwide. Because open banking, uh, doesn't have uh, uh, doesn't recognize the borders and uh, we already have uh, some uh, intermediary results uh, which countries are uh, most uh, close to our Berlin group standards or other technical requirements to start proactively initiating some talks with them because these integrations come with cost-benefit issues, right? If integration is uh, easier, you would prefer to start uh, with the counterparties which, uh, which are uh, easily interoperable with your standards. Uh, and also we look uh, uh, in uh, uh, criteria like uh, if our countries have uh, uh, trade relationships, so fintech eventually is a uh, enabler for other economic relations. So this is in brief about, about our biggest fintech choices when it comes to open banking and the journey to open finance. Uh, next, uh, we are uh, uh, further developing such instruments as uh, innovation office and the regulatory sandbox mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you can uh, see here uh, on this slide that uh, uh, with innovation office um, uh, with the regulatory sandbox we cover mbg regulated entities only so in order to uh, new fintech or uh, other non-regulated entity uh, to uh, to adopt into regulatory sandbox, it needs to be regulated. Uh, and uh, to not have gap, we have established innovation office for those beyond uh, our regulation uh, yet. And that's why uh, we are here covering uh, uh, MBG regulated as well as non-regulated entities uh, already. And we have accumulated already some practical experience uh, through our regulatory sandbox. For example, mm -hmm. digital onboarding uh, process uh, went through our regulatory sandbox. Uh, we have a uh, uh, few uh, applicants uh, and we, we are testing uh, their solutions uh, for uh, uh, almost six months and eventually once uh, we ensure that uh, uh, mistakes are under acceptable level. Uh, we then made uh, amendments into AML regulation, and so now open. Uh, so and now digital onboarding is open for others generally. 
and uh, we also have a, uh, a, a regulatory sandbox approach when it comes to when it comes to alternative data-based uh, credit scoring and i'll show these slides later you uh -huh. uh, this is our digital banking licensing process we also approach here with the regulatory sandbox um, strategy uh, in the beginning at first stage we have uh, 10 times less uh, uh, requirements to regulatory capital and we have three years longer uh, incubation period for new digital banking licensing uh, applicants uh, in the end of the three year uh, all requirements should be fulfilled okay. uh, but uh, we are especially uh, looking at uh, uh, business models in the beginning of this journey at first stage we validate business models and we are looking for differentiations we want to have uh, with this uh, new tool uh, not just uh, not just one more digital one more bank but uh, uh, the one which would be uh, different uh, from the existing ones uh, in terms of innovation in terms of uh, uh, bringing more inclusiveness into finance uh, or uh, uh, making uh, affordable new services uh, to underserved and uh, that was the uh, logic behind our decision of approving a first uh, digital bank uh, licensing uh, uh, for uh, Paysera Group, which is a, a Lithuanian-based company, international company, uh, and um, uh, capitalizing on uh, SEPA, which is a single European payment uh, scheme. Uh, and this, uh, through this bank, consumers uh, uh, have a value proposition to open uh, uh, EU bank accounts uh, with Georgian uh, bank accounts uh, with uh, because um, uh, this uh, bank is based uh, in uh, Lithuania in um, uh, EU and uh, uh, they are bringing uh, eventually uh, SEPA even before we have it uh, joined as a country uh, and this is a, a value proposition uh, uh, for uh, SMEs as well as, as well as for retail segments because SEPA makes ever payments uh, uh, near to instant payment uh, uh, like local payments both in terms of speed and in terms of uh, uh, price. Uh, that's uh, for about our um, digital banking licensing process. Okay. And then, uh, yes, here uh, you can see uh, other um, uh, companies already, the stat just statistics uh, uh, both went through our regulatory sandbox. Mm -hmm. Uh, update credit information bureau regulations and create platforms GDPRization of our of client data. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we are trying to bring uh, uh, into hands of the consumer as uh, uh, more power as possible when it comes to data. Uh, just recently, we have updated our credit bureau regulation, and we call it GDPRization of the uh, of this uh, process because uh, uh, 
uh, we have established new form of uh, non-bank uh, no, non-bank entity which will be regulated by us and startups which have ideas to capitalize on uh, credit scoring new innovative credit scoring based on alternative data data they have opportunity to establish uh, this uh, type of new entity called platform uh, and uh, we have here uh, far less requirements regarding capital or uh, any other requirements uh, compared to traditional credit bureau. So this was uh, our attempt to remove the barrier for those who uh, have ideas of uh, capitalizing on credit scoring. Uh, and uh, this gives also opportunity, opportunity in the hand of the uh, end user to better ways capitalize uh, on their data and really be owner of the data. And one of the more changes regarding uh, this so-called GDPRization we have made recently is we established uh, money transfers database, uh, uh, common money transfer database. Uh, so. Uh, if there is a client consent and uh, client consent, uh, every institution, every credit institution or regulated institution will be mandated to share the uh, uh, international money transfer uh, information during disbursement uh, into this uh, common uh, database. Uh, Georgia uh, is an immigrant rich country. 25% of Georgians live abroad. Mm -hmm. And this kind of approach gives uh, more data points uh, to have digital loans uh, for uh, those immigrants uh, because it will become uh, much easier uh, because of this uh, money transfers, which consist uh, around 10% uh, of the country's GDP to have uh, alternative data for credit scoring uh, and to owner this data and share it based on their uh, ownership uh, requirements. This is why we call it GDPRization of more and more data points. Uh, I have already mentioned that we uh, uh, employ at regulatory sandbox um, data-driven statistical AI machine learning uh, model risk management, uh, which in practice calls, uh, uh, it looks uh, like uh, uh, fintechs or uh, uh, banks are approaching us with the uh, alternative credit scoring uh, models. And uh, our team uh, in this unit uh, are assessing uh, uh, and validating the model through uh, the regulatory sandbox approach and once uh, this uh, model reaches acceptable level of the uh, mistake then uh, they have uh, approval for regulator to launch, launch it uh, uh, yeah, to launch it uh, into production mm -hmm. uh, next uh, regarding the cbdc i will uh, talk over Briefly, as I mentioned, we have uh, approached open banking, open finance, and uh, we had the same approach with uh, the 
with this solution, balancing uh, solution uh, obsession with the problem obsession. Uh, and uh, 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 we have identified 10, 15 most relevant use cases for Georgian uh, case in mm -hmm. terms of CBDC. Okay. Uh, we have approached again the bottom of the pyramid. Uh, we thought the use cases like uh, uh, making money transfers uh, cheaper for immigrants, for example, or uh, uh, making uh, uh, merchant acquiring fees less, uh, uh, or one of the use cases uh, we are uh, ready to go for the pilot phase is uh, real uh, connected to the real estate deals. Mm -hmm. Uh, so instead of uh, instead of uh, making uh, uh, real estates through escrow account, which is uh, uh, not cheap, uh, we are proposing uh, our real estate agency uh, and cooperating with them on this use case uh, based on smart contracts. It will make 100% uh, uh, risk-free these deals uh, for. Uh, uh, for end user and also dramatically cheaper. Uh, so uh, with this, uh, we uh, uh, also uh, considered so-called stakeholder strategy during uh, choosing the use cases for CBDC. Mm. Because uh, uh, CBDC goes just beyond mandate of uh, uh, central bank and uh, our strategy was uh, to have uh, as uh, valuable and um, uh, as valuable uh, allies as possible and that's why uh, and also follow the uh, follow the uh, end users adding value since georgian uh, georgian uh, real estate sector is booming right now and uh, also uh, real estate agency is for us a valuable a stakeholder. Uh, we decided uh, as one of the first use case, uh, this real estate uh, deals use case. But in general, we have uh, been able to identify uh, through our bottom to up approach, uh, almost 15 uh, uh, use cases. Mm -hmm which is uh, value adding for Georgia and then uh, mapped these those use cases the, the programmability feature with the smart contract feature of CBDC. We also have also considered in our thinking process um, uh, complementarity thing uh, of uh, achieving this because uh, we have uh, in parallel project connected with the uh, instant payments locally upgrading instant payment system and uh, we want, uh, don't want to overlap with this project but mm -hmm. to have mutually uh, complement each other uh, so uh, this was one of the variables when choosing uh, these use cases as well and uh, in with this approach we have been able to aggregate uh, from bottom to up and come up overall objectives why we are following this um, CBDC project.
this is uh, briefly regarding uh, our key priorities and approaches uh, when it comes to fintech development. Mm -hmm. Happy to Thanks. answer. No, no, I mean, thank you very much for, for sharing all this. I think uh, you pretty much covered everything I wanted to discuss uh, with you because the idea was to talk about fintech in Georgia, the National Bank of Georgia's approach towards fintech, and, and also uh, CBDCs in Georgia, you know, uh, because I know that um, you are working on CBDCs as well, you no, know, on digital gels. So I think all those use cases that you mentioned uh, are actually going to be very interesting for my audience because, as you know, I'm very involved in the CBDC area. So getting to hear more from you about uh, uh, which specific use cases you are going to test for the digital gel, I think that's actually uh, very interesting. And before wrapping this up, because we are yes. going to run, run out of time soon, I just wanted to ask you a very general question. I know it's perhaps too general, but you said that Georgia is a small country, you know, 3.5 million people living there. So I would say, uh, why Georgia? Why is Georgia... Uh, making so many efforts in this uh, fintech area, whereas some other countries, even bigger countries, are not. What makes uh, Georgia different or unique in this sense, according to you? Yes, uh, because we are a small country and we need to innovate. <laughs> and uh, I've mentioned also that one of the most developed sectors in the country is banking sector since uh, collapse of the Soviet Union, the banking sector is the sector which has uh, been developed uh, mostly among other sectors in the, of the economy. And uh, uh, it created talent pool as well in banking. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have a few uh, strong um, uh, bases to think that we can really develop and capitalize on with uh, further for uh, regarding the fintech. Mm -hmm. When thinking about unique resources and capabilities, you can uh, uh, be based on to further develop. So talent is important to develop. Uh, uh, basic infra financial infrastructure is important important for fintech development. And then now we as a regulator are giving additional tools. As I mentioned, we are supporting overall trend of infrastructure barriers removal, which has started by Amazon Web Services. And with open banking, open finance approach, with added value approach, we are just making our best to um, to support uh, uh, with the so-called public good newcomers and as well as end users. Mm -hmm. I see. Well, uh, thank you very much, Bartlam, for sharing all this valuable information about uh, FinTech in Georgia and everything that you are doing in the National Bank of Georgia. I'm sure that uh, my listeners will learn a lot after listening to you and reading your slides as well. Uh, they will learn a lot from, from FinTech, from, from Georgia, so I would like to thank you again for your time. Thank you very much, Oreo, for inviting me. It was a pleasure to share with the audience and uh, we'll be happy to answer questions as it comes specifically. Thank you uh, The pleasure was, was absolutely mine and well, to all my listeners, please stay tuned for the next episode. So thank you very much. See you soon. Thank you, Oreo. Thank you. Bye.